Hi, I'm Greg McDonald, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road Sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. And we've got a special podcast for you this week as we're going to be chatting to new permanent East Fife head coach, Greg McDonald. We'll look ahead to his plans for the club, getting the job, what he's seen from the team so far. A lot more of that to come. Before we get into any of that, though, let's just hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. May's Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our client with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. So thanks as always to East Fife Community Football Club and to Mays Mortgages for their continued support of the club. They've been with us for a while now. We really appreciate their support. And someone else, Lee, that's going to really appreciate our support is Greg McDonald, the new permanent boss at East Fife. And yeah, we, we both were hoping it was going to be him. You're a happy boy, Lee. Yeah, my one-man crusade from when Darren Young left has resulted in where we are today. So I'll take the assist for that, Greg. Don't worry, mate. Yeah, Thanks, mate. What are we? Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just wanted to put Lee on the spot there because Greg is with us as we're doing the introduction to that show. So thank you for joining us uh, this evening no for the chat, Greg. Thanks for uh, having me on, Michael. Well, we'll start off easily with you there'll be no questions about biscuits or fish and chips nothing like that because <laughs> I, I know that's the hardest things that you'll have been asked so far but yeah. officially east five manager for just under a, a week now actually at the time of recording how are you feeling about it all 
Uh, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously still delighted to, to get the to get the job, uh, Michael. It's been a busy week. Um, in fact, it's been a busy few weeks. Um, it's actually been a busy six months, really, uh, since I came in to help Stevie as well. Um, but, you know, the, the, the caretaker period, I'm, I think I was fortunate that I've done that before. I did that at Stirling for kind of five or six weeks. Um, um, we didn't play many games during that period because there was lots of snow and things at the time. But we, you know, and then we obviously we had a few good results. I ended up getting that job. So I'd kind of done it before. And I knew that it was more just about focusing on the players. That it, you know, there's obviously the the kind of whole beauty pageant that goes alongside it. Um, and I just wanted to keep that away from the, the the players as much as we could. So, and Paul and Lindsay, Paul Thompson and Lindsay Hamilton were great during that period as well. Just I was kept the boys updated on what was happening. The chairman was really good. He said, you know, the, you'll be the first to know about things that happen. Um, and he said, look, just basically keep the train on the track. Um, was the was the steer? Um, so I just updated the boys what was happening, you know, for the week on the Tuesday, and then we got on with training and just dealing with the games uh, as well. And obviously we had a couple of good results, you know, one not so good one uh, against Stirling Albion, um, which I was a bit disappointed with. And then obviously you know the the interviews were were kind of last week, uh, and then I found out Tuesday morning the chairman phoned me on Tuesday morning uh, to let me know that I'd been successful, uh, which was which was obviously great news. Um, and then it was you know it was that kind of weird way we say right okay let's let's just get on we've got training Tuesday night you know and we've got a game to prepare for and they just come around thick and fast and uh, I was delighted to get off to, to a good start at home uh, as well because um, our home record's not been the best Michael but mm. I think you know some we want to change and we managed to get three points in a, in a really tough game and sat on uh, yesterday so that, that was great As soon as Stevie had let it be known that he was leaving right away did you say I want this job? No, not right away because I think the, your immediate focus goes. To, I think I spoke to Lee actually after the um, after a game. Um, in fact, it was the Stirling Albion game, Lee, and it just there's so there's so much to do uh, in terms of preparing for the game, preparing for training, watching the opposition. You know, getting prepared in terms of you know set pieces, um, things like that. Getting youth players up to to join into training to make the numbers. You know, to to help with the numbers or any that have done well and deserve that kind of promotion. Um, you know all that kind of side of things and by the time you do that you've not really got time to sit and think about yourself and I know that sounds a little bit cliched but it's pretty much true um, and I kind of thought you know as I said I've been through this before what will be will be I'll just get the head down do the job and, and kind of just you know try and uh, try and just carry on quietly uh, under the radar and see and see where we get to um, I think I probably started thinking about it if I'm being honest Mike, after we won the fourth game I think I probably thought okay maybe maybe um, you know, maybe got a chance here, um, and then I think the Bonnie Rig game um, and the way the boys have responded, kind of even in training as well. The standard in training has been really, really good. They, they're, they're a really hard working bunch, um, and I kind of wondered, you know, it can obviously be unsettling, but the, the senior players um, have really responded great, keeping the young lads at it, and the, and, the, and the young lads as well just working really hard. And I didn't see any drop off from them at all, and I kind of thought, okay, they responded pretty well here. And then we, I think we've seen that in the forefront and the um, and the Bonnie League games, uh, and in fairness, we gave you know we gave Stirling Albion a decent game, um, and I think we gave Steny a decent game as well um, in that period. So I kind of thought, okay, I've maybe got a chance here. And the chairman had said to me, look, you know, we'll, we'll interview you uh, as well. So uh, and I was quite pleased to go and get the chance to then say at that point I knew I wanted it. Um, you know, I've applied for the job twice before. Um, but this time I felt like I was standing in front of the board in the best position that I could be personally. I think experience-wise, I'd taken a step away from the senior game. Obviously, when I left, when I kind of retired from playing and I went to work in an academy, 
deliberately to try and make myself a better coach and, and to see different things. Uh, and I just felt, you know, and then obviously coming back in with Stevie, learned a lot from Stevie as well, doing the assistant role. And, I, you know, I felt kind of that I was in a good position to be able to say, yeah, I want to take this forward. Here's what I want to do. Uh, and thankfully the board must have liked what I, what, what I said. I mean, you hadn't been in charge of a team since 2014 at senior level. Like, yeah. Was it just getting back into the swing right away? Was it like riding a bike? You just get straight into it? I mean, how involved were you with Stevie's setup? Were you quite hands-on or did Stevie do most of it? I mean, I have to say, Stevie, Stevie was great. I mean, he thought, I actually applied for the job um, when Stevie got when Stevie got it because I think, you know, I was swithering about whether to get back involved in senior football or not. And I thought, you know, when obviously the East Fife job came up, that would be the one that would appeal to me more than more than any for obvious reasons. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I basically when I didn't get that, um, I said to I actually said to my wife, you know, I think that could be me. Um, you know, I don't see me getting another chance or, or that type of thing. And uh, about an hour later, the phone went and Stevie Crawford. Um, and like, and obviously, I know Stevie. Like, I've known him for for a long time. I actually, played under him for a short spell, um, you know. And we we've always kept in touch. I think we, you know, he helped me with loan players and things like that, still and Albion. And we've always just kept in touch. And you know, we had a really honest conversation. He, he, you know, he knew that I'd applied for the job. Um, you know, and we just chatted about it, and he said, "Listen, this is what I'm looking for." Um, and you know, we just got we got on great, and and bringing Paul into the mix. Um, as well, you know, it was a, I think it was a really good dynamic, and obviously you've got Lindsay Hamilton there. So Stevie, we all had kind of, I think we were, it was very collect, uh, collaborative in terms of how we did things. Obviously Stevie called called the shots, um, and Paul deals with a lot of stuff on on the field on training, um, and my my job was to look at you know look at the opposition that type of thing as well, and and you know just basically to support Stevie and his role. Um, as well, so yeah, it was. I think that then helps you, um, obviously, then make that step. Um, and yeah, as I say, it's I'm quite fortunate in what I do for a job, um, you know, running projects and things like that. And there's a lot of similarities between you know, running, running a project and what I do in, the, in my day job to standing in a dressing room or, or talking to the players at training. So, uh, those type of things definitely help, uh, definitely help me. That when Stevie got appointed I think there was a lot of criticism yeah. of the board that they hadn't done interviews and they, they had just given it to Stevie this time round they took the time they did interviews and they still get criticised because it's like no matter what they do they're gonna gonna get criticised but yeah th this is something that I spoke about in, on the show and it's always fascinated me like whenever there's a managerial vacancy and candidates get interviewed it's always had me wondering like what? What's what are those interviews like? They obviously want to know your plans for the club, like short term and long term. But do they also want to know about your playing style and philosophy and what kind of club identity you're going to bring? Can you shine any kind of light as to what those kind of interviews are actually like? Yeah, I mean, I've I've had I've had a couple, um, you know, before. So uh, I was actually interviewed for the Albion Rovers job a couple of a uh, few years ago uh, as well. Um, and exactly as you, you say, Michael, you have to go in there, and, and it depends if you know them. Obviously, it's slightly different this time because I, you know, I know the players. So I think sometimes when you you you're not at a club and you're trying to come into a club, I think you have to sit down and and kind of say what you know about the current squad. And can it almost prove to the board that you've done your homework? Whereas for me, I obviously you know was involved in recruiting a lot of these players. I know them, um, and that type of thing. So that part was was easier for me. But yeah, you're right. You you basically sit down and say what your plans are, what you want to do. These are the th types of things you know in the kind of short, medium, and long term what you're trying to achieve. 
and how you want to go about it, who you're going to work with. Um, and, and then after you've done your presentation, you basically sit down and you get a grill in from the directors and they'll, they ask you about, you know, every aspect of it as well, you know, how you work, how you go about it, um, you know, the, the culture, what are your plans for, you know, working with the youth, you know, all these types of things, scouting, and they go into they go into quite a lot of detail. So yeah, it's 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 a it's a demanding process, I think, to go through it. Um, and and obviously, yeah, I'm delighted that I was successful coming out the other side of it. So believe it or not, you've been connected to the club for about twenty years, um, which sounds yeah pretty depressing. It makes, when me, you say it makes me feel old, mate. Yeah, it makes me feel old. Yeah. So <laughs> Michael organised the. The way these questions are laid out, so it got me to stick the boot into you nice and early. So thanks for that, Mike. Um, but when Crawford asked you to come in as his assistant, was yeah. it like an immediate yes? Because obviously your your love and affiliation for the club. But did you have any plans about coming back about you know the tarnishing that uh, relationship with the fans who you know we know that how high the guard these three have have, uh, have you in? You know you've been in quite a lot of our fans um, all time elevens, so. Are you concerned that that potentially at that point it was going to tarnish um, any of the fans' sort of relationship no. with you, and even more so now as a manager? No, absolutely not. Um, so I think when when Stevie phoned me, it was a question of how does Stevie want to work, and you know, and Stevie said that, that you know this that the job you know obviously at the, at the time we were sitting kind of bottom of the table, and the club needed our help, and I think at that point you know it's it's you know it's about getting in and helping. Uh, and you know we were already bottom, and, and it wasn't it wasn't looking good. And it was a question of getting in and helping. And when I spoke to Stevie, you know, talked to him about what his vision would be for for moving forward, that type of thing, how he wanted to work, and, and you know the the role he saw me doing. Um, and I, and I was like, really excited to you know to work with Stevie and with Paul and Lindsay. And and I thought, you know what, yeah, I want to come back and help. And that was that that was it. Lee. There's not any thought of, you know, does it tarnish your reputation or anything like that because. I think those two things are separate. You know, I, ultimately, I, I might get sacked. Lee. I could be sitting. Well, you know, you could get me on the podcast in a couple of months, and I could be a new manager. But I don't know. Like, you know, football's so fickle these days that that those things can happen. Um, and I think you just have to separate the two. I loved playing; it was brilliant. And I honestly, I would give my left arm to go back and to, to play again. But you know, uh, obviously, my, my career's finished now that way, and now I want to be successful in in terms of being a manager. Um, and 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 I'm, uh, you know, I'm not just here because I'm a former East Five player. I, like I'm ambitious, um, and I want to try and work at a, a higher level, and I want to try and take East Five to a higher level as well. And so I think when you marry up that ambition, and it's a club that I know, it's a club that I think you know the, the board are, are going to you know are behind me. I think a lot of the supporters will hopefully be behind me as well. And you know when I looked at the squad, um, and you know the, the, we've got a lot of young lads there, but a lot of lads that have got a real chance, to, I think, to kick on and, and progress. Plus, some really good senior ones. I felt like it was an opportunity. That you, you know, you can't turn that down. And it's not about thinking about you know what if you know what if I'm, I'm not one for thinking about what's below you or what could go wrong. I'm more thinking about what's the positive things that we could do. Um, and so I think when you do that, I think the adrenaline and the, the excitement kind of kicks in, and it's like right, okay, let's see what we can do now. So I'm more excited rather. Than nervous about that, and if you know, and if I think when I took the, the job, at, when I got offered the job at Sterling, Jockey, I spoke to Jockey Scott that night, and he said, "Listen, the, the, the only certainty in football management is that one day you'll get sacked." I've already been sacked, so that's cool. I've been through that process, so uh, I, there's nothing really, there's nothing to fear from it. It's about just going and working with the players, trying to make them better, and see if where that can take us as a, you know, as a team. So I suppose from a selfish fan's point of view, like what's it like coming back to the club? 
because I mean we spoke to you like I, I said to you the, the before we came on air you were on our eighth episode we're nearly at episode 100 now so it's like two and a half years ago and your love for the club in that episode shone through that that was evident and I mean you, you played for us and you, you achieved so much at us can you just tell us a bit like what's it like about coming back and is it all a bit surreal or did you always kind of have in your mind that you would come back one day do you know, I, I probably always felt anytime I did come back, there was always that kind of relationship there. It kind of, I've said before, it kind of felt like it feels like coming home a little bit, you know, when you walk into the stadium. Um, you know, and uh, I always felt like there was maybe a wee bit unfinished business, but wasn't sure of what capacity that would maybe, you know, that would that would be in. And we've been, you know, obviously a number of reunions and things. And it is kind of surreal when you see guys that, you know, like yourself, you had hair when when I when I played and stuff like that, you know. And uh, uh, there's a lot of guys you see now when they were just, they were just kids. And now they're growing, and they bring their kids to the games and things like that. And you know, there's obviously I've, I've known I've known the chairman and some of the directors and Leona for, for you know for a long time, and some of the supporters and stuff. And I think, but seeing the, you know that next generation of the like um, young fighters and the community guys all coming through as well, the clubs you know from where it was when I joined it um, originally to where it is now is fantastic. But it's still got the same family feel to it, and and that that's the kind of thing that kind of attracts you. I mean. I was talking to somebody the other day and I was telling them like over the years even when like since I've been away my dad still regularly comes along to Bayview because he, he likes that feeling of you know coming to Bayview he feels comfortable he likes to watch the team uh, and things as well so it's always had that kind of appeal for, for myself and, and you know my family and, and so it's yeah it's a kind of nice feeling but at the same time you know I've got a job to do now and I know that and there's going to be there's going to be scrutiny there's going to be criticism and I can't I'm not going to be able to please you know all the people all the time or and the, the, you know, people are going to have opinions about the way I manage tactical decisions, players that we sign, things we do. Totally fine with that. No, no issue at all. So I think I need to step away from the, the you know, the, the, almost that romantic side of it, and just focus on the job that I've got to do. And that's, as I say, trying to trying to finish as high up the league as we possibly can, and help these young lads kind of realise the potential that we think that, that, that they've got. Your dad might not enjoy coming as much now when folk are shouting no. abuse at you. <laughs> he probably, to be honest, he'd probably be, probably be one of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get it after the game. He watched it on a stream. He wasn't well enough to come to the game yesterday. He watched it on the stream and afterwards, he, yeah, when I went home, when I went, uh, I went to my dad's house, uh, mum and dad's house for a coffee after it. And yeah, we had a bit of a debrief after it. So, yeah, got a bit of a going. So, still happens. That, uh, the the comment about hair was definitely fair enough, and you know when you got the you got the job, there's a great picture of the the game at East Stirling when we won the league, and I think you're on Stephen Mill and Stuart Patterson's shoulders, and if you yeah, you wouldn't be able to do that now, yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> but there's a picture of a, a young Lee Gillis, full head of hair, giving it the Toro chant up to you. So have a look at that the next time that you see that. Oh, because, no, good, yeah, good, I don't even think I had the ability to grow this beard now. So there you go. <laughs> Basically, my head's just went the opposite way around now. So, Funnily <laughs> enough, though, Lee, you started losing your hair because of what the next question is. You took Stirling up from the league in 2013, 2014. <laughs> um, so look, I, I've given you a, a bit in the past about this and, you know, We'll, we'll leave it at that. But how important do you think that experience was to you getting the job? And, and how much stock do you put in that? the fact that you already know the players here? The fact you're coming in, like you've said already, you know the team and, and their capabilities. Yeah, I, I'll give you a, a bit of a laugh as well. You're not the only one that reminds me of that. 
um, the chairman reminds me of that on almost a daily basis when I talk to him or, or whenever and I you know when I say things like oh when I was at Stirling he's like you don't have to talk about that at Stirling so yeah I get pelters from him all the time for uh, for any mention of Stirling Albion so he just glares at me I'm not sure he'll ever forgive me you know no um, we could have been I'm sure you're a dad to girls as well right so you've probably seen Encanto about a hundred times so we'll call it yeah. Bruno we don't talk about Bruno we don't I'm talk about relegating us. <laughs> Yeah, although that uh, is on my car and repeat, I have to say, and yeah, it's enough to drive you drive you crazy. Yes, yeah. so that's over my head. That, that one. one, I have to check that. Yeah, out. yeah. <laughs> uh, the Stirling experience has definitely helped me. There was a, you know, I remember, you know, it was three years I was there, um, and I think, you know, I don't think people maybe know or don't don't remember it was it was that long really, um, you know. But I think at the time that I was that I kind of. It was sacked or left by mutual consent, I think is the phrase. Um, you know, I was the fourth longest serving manager uh, in, in Scotland at that, you know, at that point in time. And, you know, we'd obviously done well in terms of the promotion, but there were things behind the scenes that, you know, you kind of, you, you learn from as well that made that job, that made that job difficult. I had some brilliant people supporting me, but there were, there were challenges. Uh, and I think one of the contrasts and one of the reasons why I, I kind of wanted to put my name forward, actually, you know, after that initial kind of, right, let's just focus on the on the caretaker stuff. One of the reasons why I wanted to put my name forward was the fact that we don't have that East Fife. You know, everybody's on the same page. You know, we're not the, we're not the richest club in the world, but we, we all know that. Um, and everybody's pull, like pulling in the same direction as well. And that, you know, without being disrespectful, that probably wasn't always the case when I was, when I was at Stirling and that made it a challenge. But I think... I look back on that team, some of the transfer windows that we had, some of the things that we did uh, to improve that team, the style of play and, and maybe formations that I used, things that I liked. Um, and, I, you know, I wrote, when I left, I wrote a lot of stuff down from that, like learnings. Um, and I think it really helped. Um, yeah, I think it just it really helped kind of shape me as a, as a coach, really. I used some of that stuff when I went into Partick, tried some different things as well, uh, working different formations, uh, different kind of uh, different approaches to dealing with players and maybe situations. And I think that's then helped me come back, as, as I say, more rounded and, and <laughs> in more than one way. Um, so, yeah, I think that's uh, it's definitely stood me in good stead. Um, and, you know, I feel like I come back to it with uh, more strings to my bow than I had when I was, you know, appointed 20, uh, player manager at 29 years old. Yeah, I think one of the things that, you know, I, I've sort of not had arguments or discussions with about East Five fans. I mean, you'll know that Gary Naismith was, was apparently in for the job and a, a manager that, that brought some success to East Five before. And there's always that sort of, you know, romance that you want to, to bring that back and bring that feel-good feeling back. But one of the things that I've said on the show was to actually put a bit of respect on your name is because you'd achieved what you'd achieved at Stirling, but you'd also achieved it as a player. Um, so you'd won the league as a player, you'd won promotion as a player, you know, you've been through that, so you understand the ins and outs of this league. So um no, obviously we're we're delighted that you're here. So look, I've seen quite a lot of the, the games that we've played under you so far this season, and in my opinion, and this isn't a slight on Stevie, but the, the quality and the style of play seems a lot better. It seems a lot more attacking. We're playing the potentially two up front in some of these games as well, which I've been screaming about for a very long time. <laughs> um, the, the, the results against Forfan and Bonnyrigg, I thought were really good. So what do you put that down to? Is there a difference in the philosophy from yourself and Stevie? Um, maybe, maybe, is there... I think we were working on a lot of stuff in training 
And I think sometimes it just, you know, it, it maybe just takes a, a, a bit to click. Yeah, I think there's maybe a slight difference in, in terms of setup, maybe. Um, but I think the training is, uh, you know, is, is largely been the same. Our approach in terms of how we talk to the players and, and that type of thing is, is largely the same as well. And we, and we, you know, we were obviously worked together and we were on, a, we're on the same page on a lot of this. You know, the, the idea is to bring young boys through and develop them at the club. Now we're obviously in a, it's a rebuild. I mean, if you look at the squad over the last few years, I think when I look at it from when Barry Smith was there, that squad almost evolved through kind of Darren's time and uh, and that type of thing as well. And, and even from Gary's time, Barry Smith, Darren, that squad evolved and it was a lot of senior players, you know, the good players. And that's why, you know, East Fife were, you know, were a very strong side. And then it was just, I think, obviously, when we came in, with a number of injuries and, and that type of thing, and and basically the remit was to was to rebuild and start again, and and start with younger players and try and do that again, and and, and you know rebuild, uh, as I say. So, um, I think we've been on a, on the same page on a lot of there, but you know, I did we did set up slightly differently uh, in, a, in a couple of those games, and that is what I want to see. The I, I like you know. I'm obviously standing there watching the game the same as you guys, and I don't want to stand there and be bored either. Like I want to see us attacking, playing attacking football, and so does Paul. Um, I know uh, Paul get Paul on here as well, so you can talk to him. But Paul, um, was, you know, I don't know if the, you, you know much about Paul. So Paul was really highly thought about Hearts. He's worked his way through all the academy at Hearts, all the age groups, kind of worked and bringing through a lot of players. You know, like Aaron Hecky, Finley Pollock. Um, he was, you know, obviously involved in, in getting Finley here last year. Uh, he's worked with Chev. All the, all the way through as well um, and he's used to bringing kind of young players through he's excellent on the training pitch um, and he wants to play the same style of football as I do and I think Stevie Stevie did as well um, but he, he wants to play that same kind of that same style which is attacking football and, and so we've just been saying that to the players like we'll go out there and you know sometimes you know we, we won't win but we need to be able to give the opposition a bloody nose as well and make sure we land some punches in games. And hopefully that's what we've tried to do. It won't happen every week. You know, at this level, it won't happen every week. Um, but as long as we can we can always carry a threat. And I think when you look at some of the players that we've got, you know, Healy and Baldy and Shivoni and Shepard and Troughton and Ferguson and, you know, these guys want to play. They want to go and link and play attractive football. So I think it's more just a question of just letting them off the leash and letting them go. Um, and, you know, they did it really well against Forford and Bonnie Rigg. You know, you could arguably say it didn't quite click yesterday, but we, you know, we ended up winning the game through, you know, well, one good move that led to the penalty and a well-worked set piece. And you've got to have different strings to your bow because there's there's going to be different challenges, right, in different conditions in League Two. So, um, and to answer your question, yeah, we we want to try and play attacking football, and you know, it won't, as I say, it won't happen every week, but we'll certainly try. Just before Michael asks the the next question, I was at um, the game yesterday and. And in the interest of transparency, it wasn't good to watch. I mean, Elgin obviously went a man down and then sat in. So it, it made it really difficult to, to be attacking. But what I did feel was that we found, and again, not a slight on Stevie or a slight on Darren Young, but one thing that we've, we've not been good at is when we're faced with aggression or teams in our face, I feel like the younger boys didn't really know how to do that because I think under-20s yeah. football, to this level, it's been a culture shock for them, and that's why the yeah. game against Bonnie Rig, they were like, "What the fuck is this?" Because you're just right. playing against something totally alien. But the last two games, Bonnie Rig still played similar football when we played them, but we found a way to pass around them. Yesterday, that I kind of felt like we were devoid of ideas, particularly when we had the ball in our own half. Like you seen the ball getting passed along mm -hmm. the back line. I seen you almost tearing your hair out at that point, but. I suppose that's 
always going to happen with, with, with youthful players that are maybe not used to having to compete against, well, I'll say it, hammer throwers? I mean, you know, I think El- El- I kind of thought, we thought Elgin would come and sit in. Um, and, you know, they were going to do that where they had 11 players on the pitch or where they had 10 players on the pitch. And I think the sending off, it can it can obviously change the dynamic of the game and it galvanises them, right? And they were, you know, I can understand it. I have to say, I thought they, you know, they worked their socks off for the manager. I, have, uh, I, did, I think I said that in my post-match uh, thing as well. I think you've got to give them credit. They tried to find a way to get a result out of that game and, you know, their tactics are, are their choice. And um, obviously, Hester causes a problem behind it, but that was always going to be the threat to us, whether they had 11 or whether they had 10. And what, I, what we wanted to do, um, I think, when they went down to 10, we was move the ball quickly across the back line, which we did. Um, we did move it quickly side to side. And then I think what we were doing is from back to back to kind of middle, we were, were actually moving the ball pretty well. Um, and then we tried to play and, you know, almost get in these kind of, in the wee spaces and a half turn and play into Trout and Bergs and things. And it didn't quite, we didn't quite do that as well as maybe we did against Bonnie Rigg and against Forfa. Um, yesterday, but you know you've got to give Elgin a bit of credit for that as well. And what I would say, we is, I don't know whether you could feel it from where you're sitting as well, but it was uh, the conditions were pretty tough as well. It was blowing a gale, and I think you seen when we tried to play some passes that you know blown out the park and that type of thing. It, that wasn't easy either. Um, but you know these are different challenges that the players are going to have to. Feel. I think if you look at the the average age of the team, I mean t- you've obviously got Troughton and uh, Fleming in there at 37 and 38, and you've got Mercer and Miller. I think in their mid twenties and, and Shepherd, everybody else was kind of eighteen to twenty years old. So there's some things that they won't have faced really, as you say, in a competitive like game where you're playing against three hours League Two players. Like you know, it's going to be it's going to be tough. Um, and that was that was a different challenge for us going down to ten men. Can we keep the ball? Can we break them down? And as I say, you know, we'll maybe get. A, I think there's always this view of when you go down to ten men, you should batter the opposition. It invariably doesn't work like that. That's not realistic, you know, because there's not that much extra space, but they'll, they'll kind of sit in against us. And we wanted to move the ball, not just to move them from side to side to try and get 1v1s in areas and, and, and try to exploit them, but also to tire them out, you know. Yeah. And that's a, that's a kind of important aspect to it. We've been finishing games really strongly. And I said to the players at half time, let's be patient. You know, we, like we're one nil up. Like we can keep the ball, we can keep going, try and tire them out, and then we'll look to exploit that in the kind of later stages of the game as well. But keep trying to do the right things. Obviously, we then lose a, a really poor goal from from our perspective. We just we we weren't patient. We were the opposite of that. Kicked the ball away, and then we basically lose a goal to to Hester, as I say, who was who was a handful. Of, I thought he had a terrific performance, to be honest. Um, a handful all day, um, but I, I think again, I said my post-match that, that what really pleased me was the fact that we didn't panic we, we could have panicked as I say most of them are 20 years old but we just kept passing and actually the move um, I said after the game it was Jack it wasn't it was Shep that ran in but the move to then from Jack into into Trout and Trout gets on a half turn perfectly weighted slide pass for Scotty and Scotty's in one on one if the guy doesn't fill him and that's what we were looking for and it was enough that bit of quality that one bit of quality was enough to win us a game of football and sometimes that's all it takes you know and we've had I think if you look back to the Dumbarton game very very similar Dumbarton was sitting top of the league unbeaten I think we won 7 out of 7 they sat in against us. We basically let us have the ball. We passed the ball. You know, we were arguably the better team and we gave the ball away and they hit us and, and scored one goal on the break. Um, and that bit of quality was enough to win them that game. So there's always going to be games like that nip and tuck. Um, and I'm more pleased that they found a way to found a way to win. But I understand, that, you know, on the face of it, people will say down to 10 men, we should be battering them. I don't think that quite takes into account the game. I think there was a lot of fouls. 
Uh, I think the ref maybe lost a bit of composure in it, but there was a lot of fouls. They could have been down to, to be honest, nine anyway, if not maybe maybe more. Um, there was a couple of kind of penalty incidents. One we probably should have had a penalty against us, I think, with the Flem incident. You know, um, there was just you know it was it was a bit of a there was a lot of talking points in the game. But the most the pleasing thing for me is that, as I say, we've managed to have two bits of quality, a set piece and a move that got us the penalty. Um, and, and that's enough to win you the game. And, you know, as long as we win the game, that's, you know, you've got to you've got to then say to the players, well done, you found a way to do it. Yeah, I mean, people talk about the chances Hester missed, but I, I actually felt, I feel really sorry for Wee Zhao because he's getting his sell in the positions. And I don't know, like, I don't want to say it's a lack of composure against the lads, but I think one of them, Shep gets a touch on it that throws him off. Uh, Another yeah. one, the ball crashes off. And I think a more experienced player heads that down. Joe's tried to bring it down in his chest and then ultimately he loses it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> we could have had another couple of goals yesterday as well. I mean, Mercer's free kick crashes the bar. Is, so definitely yeah. we're seeing a bit more of attacking football, which is what we want to see. Yeah, I mean, I think even you know the players, the players know that as well. Like they, we did create a number of chances, um, or kind of what I would say, is like getting into positive areas. You know, we had a number of crosses, but we maybe didn't get the numbers in the box that, that maybe we should. And these are what we want to take away for every game. We just to say, you know, what could we do better? Actually, they are like, can we get into these positions a little bit more? How do we have more shots on target? How do we have more crosses? And there'll be something that comes out of you know every game. Obviously, we, you know, we lost a couple of goals from set pieces early against Bonnyrigg and against uh, and against Stenhouse Muir. So that's obviously something that we were like, okay, let's make sure we switch on and and we don't do that again. And, and thankfully, we didn't. Um, so you know, working on set pieces, and we score a goal from a set piece. So that's that's good. And I think you just have to look at every game and say, okay. What's your takeaway from that, both positive and negative? Let's get back on the training pitch and try and improve it. And uh, I have to say, Joe's Joe's been absolutely terrific. He's a he's a phenomenal talent, um, you know, and we're really lucky to to have him. Um, and just want to see him play his football. He's you know he's exciting. He gets people on their feet, and the goals will come for him. Absolutely, you know, they absolutely will. They'll definitely come from because he keeps putting himself in the right positions. But uh, and I think you know he'll learn from playing around guys like Shepard and Troughton as well about you know just how to how to get himself in the right the right position at the right time. But you say yesterday was just a wee bit unlucky. Almost you could have had a couple. I think um, if if the ball had just broken slightly slightly uh, differently for him. I mean, we we were talking ourselves in our our chat yesterday that. Successful teams, teams that win championships, teams that get promotion, you need a bit of luck along the way. And if you're not playing great and you're still taking the three points, that's what successful teams do. I mean, yeah, I think so. I think, you know, probably the easiest comparison for me to draw is, you know, as these five managers talking to these five fans is maybe the 2007-8 team that we played in. You know, we we had different strings to our bow. We could we were a good football inside. You know, we had like we had good footballers in our in our team, but we also had guys who liked to fight. You know, or could 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 do that as well. You know, and could kind of work. Um, and do the dirtier side of the game, um, and you know, and we also got got you know a, a bit of luck at times as well during that during that season in, in some games. Um, so I think you need to have more than one string to to your bow. I mean, I, I think you know people say, well, we didn't really have many shots on target, you know, or in an open play. No, but we scored a, a well-worked set piece, and actually the penalty was a you know was a really good move, and which would have resulted in probably a goal or a, you know a shot on target, and it was enough to win us the game of foot, enough to win us the game of football. Whereas you know you look at Bonnie Rig, we scored four, we could have had eight, 
Um, I think if you look at the chances and, and looking back at that game, so I think, you know, it's not going to happen every week for us. But I think if we, you know, if we can go into these games and try and play attacking football, uh, Michael, and, and you know, hopefully that happens more more often than not. But if it doesn't, still try and find a way to, to keep yourself in the game. I've said to the players that, you know, you'll have days where you blow the opposition away. You'll have days where you're where you're probably you're poor at the office, and you can, you know you could play there all day and you couldn't score. Um, Probably Sterling Albion would be an example of that. Maybe the Bonnie the game earlier on the season. But the, how you do in this season will be largely governed by how you do in those games when it's nip and tuck. And if you can come out of those games with a point or even three, then you know you can have you can have a positive season. And it's just really about trying to just go in every week and, and trying to get the maximum out of that game that you possibly can. Absolutely. I mean, we, we know it's a young team. I mean, in many ways, it's just kind of like... Uh a glorified under-20 team because when I was over in the summer and we were at hospitality and we were down at the pitch level at one point and the, the players were coming out for warm-up and I was just taking some video and it's different seeing them from pictures on in the streams but when you saw them close up you saw how young they were and you're like wow this is a really young team. <laughs> now, I mean obviously you're in charge of the academy side at Partick so does that experience that you had at Partick, dealing with young players, set you up well for what you've got? I know it's a different challenge because you're not playing against like for like here, you're playing against older players. But I mean, you went through trials and tribulations as a, a young player. You talked about mm-hmm. it when we had you on the show. You you felt a bit disillusioned with, with football when you were cut by Dunfermline. Mm-hmm. So you know what they're going through and you've worked recently with that kind of age group. Does it set you up well for this level or is there a danger that you're going to go up against, and I'm just using them as an example, a Bonnie Rig side that can think, oh, it's a young team, I'm going to try and bully them off the park? There is, and I think you, I think you learn very quickly. Michael, I would say that when you go into, you know, League Two, I remember like stepping into there thinking I came from a world of sports scientists and everything like that at Dunfermline and then suddenly you find yourself playing on a muddy pitch at Breakin and, you know, getting elbowed in the face and trying to fight with guys like, you know, Roddy Grant and stuff and, and it just, you grow up very, very quickly. Um, I think, you know, obviously my experience at Partick, Paul's at Hearts as well and just having mm. that experience and bringing young boys through. Lindsay obviously did it with, you know, the prime example would be Jude um, as well. He's experienced the work and bring guys through. And obviously Stevie's, like Stevie's, like one of Stevie's main passions about football is that kind of bringing young players through and helping them develop. He was obviously instrumental in Falkirk doing that for years. Hearts, um, I think they tried to do a similar thing down at MK Dons and they'll do it now at Dundee United as well. So I think that's something that all of us have kind of been involved in and it stands in good stead, particularly when we're going through you know, we're trying to do a rebuild and we want to bring in young lads, see them develop, help East, you know, help East Fife in the in the kind of short to medium term, but also see them kick on in their careers. Um, and, you know, I think that, that yes, they, there's some of them that are young, but I think what you've seen was, you know, in the initial Bonnie Rigg game, we, you know, I'm on record as saying I think we got bullied a little bit. I think what you've seen in the, set, in the next Bonnie Rigg game was we found a way to A, stand mm-hmm. up to that, and then B, actually go the other way as well and impose ourselves on the game, you know, and, and what our strengths are. And I think that's that that kind of mentality of, you know, uh, as I say, attack can sometimes be the best form of defence, but you have to find a way to get the, the, you know, the better of the guy you're playing against. If he's, you know, if he's faster than you, if he's stronger than you, you have to find a way uh, of doing it. And, and I think that experience, I think they're showing that they're learning, um, you know, every week. And arguably you could say that yesterday, whilst it wasn't pretty, 
you know, we we probably would have lost that game, maybe, or we could have lost that game, uh, and you know, on another day. But as I say, they found a way to they found a way to dig it out, um, and I think you've got to give them give them credit for that. But when we spoke to you last time, we spoke about how you had been a young manager. What was twenty nine? I think when you took over at Stirling, yeah. and yeah. obviously when you're a young manager. It's if you've got older players, sometimes you maybe don't get that respect right away. Is it easier in some ways to manage a young side that are maybe more open and more receptive to what you're trying to tell them than a team full of veterans that maybe think that they know as much as you or better than you? Or does that exuberance of having young players bring its own challenges as well? I mean, I think it's. I think it depends on the, the individuals, and, and that's probably the one thing I would say. You know, there's some parallels from. You know, obviously, I, as I say, I work in a project manager by trade, and you work with different individuals with different skills and different capabilities, different personalities. And I think it's about managing. It's about managing people, um, Michael. And, and you know, when I was still in Albion, you know, Kieran McInnesby was one of my players, but he was older than me. And you know, there was things like that. But we had, I had good senior pros. And they would basically they they would run the dressing room, um, and you know they made my life easier um, in terms of doing that part. And now you've got you know we've obviously got some younger players again. We've got really good senior pros that support them. But I think it's down to those individuals, and, and they make my life easier because they want to get better. So they come into training, you know, and that's the mentality that we want from them when they get on the training pitch. That I'm going to be better today than I was yesterday, uh, and, and try and, and have that attitude. And as long as they have that then, you know, it makes my job pretty easy. Um, and they're, they're a really good group. Michael, we don't have any, sorry, we don't have any arseholes, uh, which is good. Um, and, you know, we want to keep you know, keep this group together, um, add to it if we can, and, and you know, and try and, and try and help them achieve what their aims are as, you know, as individuals, but also that collective, kind of collective aim as a team as well to try and have a good season. Yeah, you kind of, you do need that though, because it's like, if you, it can just take one bad apple as we won't we won't see maybe who Lee and me are thinking of right now, but it's like someone can disrupt a dressing room very easily, and if you've not got that, that's going to go a long way. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong; there'll always be you know there'll be wee arguments and things like oh, that. You know, yeah, well, you want that, that, that type of thing. Yeah, you do, and you want a passion, and at times it'll overrun, of course it will, and you know, and that type of thing. But as I say, that we don't have you know, don't get me wrong; we're, they're not. It's not you know, I. I, I like a group of, of kids or anything like that. They're not, um, they, they do get on at each other, that type of thing. You know, they do demand uh, standards from, from each other and that's what we want, you know, uh, that, that kind of demand and standards. But, you know, uh, there's been a couple of times, you know, in fact, a number of times where you maybe, we maybe left people out and that type of thing. And what I would say to them is, to their credit, they're, you know, they're not spitting the dummy or anything like that. It's just a question, okay, today's not my day, but I'm ready when I'm needed. And I think that I've tried to say that anything we achieve will be achieved by everybody that's in that, that dressing room. Um, you know, it's not just about, you know, the 11 starters and the guys sitting on the bench. We will need we will need everybody in that dressing room uh, as we as we go through the season. I think you've already seen that. I mean, I think most of them have played this season uh, as well. And, you know, hopefully the, the, that competition for places helps drive standards as well. And we want to keep that healthy throughout the season. I mean, we've spoke about some of the the exciting talent that we've got in the team. Fergie, Joe, Jack, Shiv, Sam, Aaron, Brogan, you know, but a lot of young talent. But, I mean, from a fan's perspective, and I know a lot of the fans who are similar, we're really lacking some some really experience in the team. I appreciate that we've got Flem and Murdo and 
in Merce, but is that one of the things, obviously, January rolls around that you're, you're looking to rectify to bring in some some real experience into the team? Yeah. Um, yeah, Lee, I'm obviously looking into that um, and, and that type of thing. So we'll see. It has to be the right person. It has to be the right type. Uh, that we look to bring in. I think it was something like you know when Stevie was here, we were looking you know an experienced, uh, experienced kind of uh, centre half. Um, so we'll, we'll certainly look to see if we can do that. But as I say, it's got to be the right type. Um, and we probably are a little light in terms of in terms of experience that way. And there are certain games where you might want to say, you know what, actually, let's get the more experienced team on the park. And you know we might have to go depending on conditions or whatever through the winter and just kind of show up and, and and do that. And then there's other games where, as I say, you can let them off the leash and you've got your you know your heelys and your baldies and things like that. You know, going uh, and expressing themselves. So I think it's just finding that balance. Um, I don't think you know. I think we've got to be mindful of the fact that Conor McManus is kind of he's coming back now. He's he, um, uh, he's trained fully the last two weeks. Managed to get him on the bench uh, yesterday, and I'm, I'm delighted that he's back. He's what he's he's had a really tough time about the kid, but his attitude. He's not missed a single session. Lee, and his attitude's been phenomenal, and so it's great to have him back. He obviously brings brings experience as well. And as you say, you know, you've got you've got some other. Uh, we've got obviously Brogan Walls, who's out at the moment, ready to come back. So we have got some talent who's sitting injured at the moment. Uh, Rabin Omar that we signed, you know, Rabin's back in training now. Hope to play in a bounce game in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, if we, we can get him in, he obviously comes with a bit of experience. But yeah, um, I, if the right type are available, then you know, we'll, we'll look to we'll look to add. Right. So I mean, it's coming up for a year since obviously you came in as, as Stevie's assistant. I think it'll be next next month or uh, December time. I think. So, what could you say that you've learned about this group of players so far? I think what I've learned from them is that they'll never give up, um, and I, you know I really like that about them. We finish games strongly, and they finish games strongly because they're fit, but because they've got that kind of determination, um, you know. And they, they will keep even when we were three 0 down at Bonnie, they were still running, you know, and they're still putting that effort. And I think that if you've got that as your very baseline of you know or, or, or from a, from a team, then you've always got a chance, um, you know. And they, they will have. They will have off days. They will be because they're young, and that that will just happen right at this at this level. Um, but the you know I think I see it in training with them as well. You know, even in training, the tempo, the standard that they they, they train at, they give a hundred percent. And I've said to them like, as long as they, we keep doing that, then we'll be okay. And I, I definitely learned that um, about them. I think there's you know there's, there's talented boys there. Um, you know, I think you you mentioned you mentioned a number of them. And, you know, to be honest, they shouldn't be wanting to play for East Fife. They should be wanting to kick on in their career and go and, and play and play higher up. Um, what I would say is they also look after themselves. I think it's changed days from, you know, kind of my generation. You know, these guys, you know, they, they, they do look after themselves. They work hard away from the club as well. And that obviously makes our life easier and we can just focus more on the, the kind of the, the, the tactical aspects of, of, of and how we want to play uh, when, when we're at training. So, you know, I think I, I would say that are probably the biggest takeaways that I've, I've learned about this this group. Um, they're, yeah, they're a good group. Good. So we've had quite a fair few of the fans' questions sent in for you. Um, so we've cut out the yeah, th- thanks for inc- thanks for including me in the in the tweet. Yeah, I think my phone <laughs> my phone just kept going pinging last night. Yeah. Well, 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 that way you know you were getting to see the questions in advance. I, I felt like I was doing you a favour. So I stopped know. looking at it when I, I stopped looking at it when Johnny Smart kept messaging. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, we'll we'll come to that in a minute. So <laughs> one of the first questions, um, Andy English, long-term East Fife fan, season ticket holder for many years. So he said about Stevie Crawford had a, a backroom um, staff at three of you, 
Um, at present, you only have two. Are you looking to bring in a player coach, player assistant manager? Um, obviously, Glenn Walker chipped in and said about Jay Smart and potentially Bobby Lynn. A number of messages for fans screaming for you to bring Kevin Smith back as a uh, player coach. Um, we've also had shouts um, for you know people that are experienced that are already there, like Tony McMinn, you know, who's been an assistant manager before. What can you tell us about your plans for for that position? Yeah, I'm in no immediate rush, Lee, I would say, but I do want to bring in uh, ideally a player coach uh, to work with us. So I do like the idea of having, obviously, Lindsay gives me his gives me his view. Um, Paul, myself, used to feed into Stevie and it was actually really good that you would sit down and have that kind of conversation, really a three, four-way conversation about, okay, what, how do we want to play? What, what do we see it looking like? Let's, you know, let's watch the opposition, share our thoughts on that and, and go again. So... That's that is something I'm looking at just now. As I say, there's not an immediate rush because we're you know we're fine. We're getting up. We're getting on with the job. Um, but I I would I am looking uh, to to bring in a player coach. It has to be the right person though. Yeah, that's important. And um, it's a shame you said player coach because that rules me out. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't run away from myself all along these days. So. Um, Andrew Doig's asked obviously January's ticking round and a lot of teams struggle to get deals done over the summer Stevie spoke about the difficulty of attracting players to the club I mean when we had the fans Q&A you and I chatted for a while about how many players you'd spoken to over the course of the summer I think you said you expected about 60 players or something like that that you'd you try to bring in and players not want to travel for what non-league clubs are play, uh, play, uh, paying even do you have your eye on, on any players and can you maybe talk a bit about what the sort of difficulties are of bringing players in, just to give the fans a bit more insight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is difficult, and we're not the only club that have found this. You know, I think there's other other managers that have been on record as trying to find this. I think post COVID, I've noticed a change in not just. I think it's. I don't know if it's priorities or, or things of, of a kind of younger generation as well. That convenience plays a lot a lot of part in it you know so if you're maybe trying to get guys from the west or or whatever who you know having to travel along the m8 to the orium where we train you know it's not a big deal at all you know i mean i was used to traveling up to you know breakin or wherever like we're training we used to train train obviously in uh in, in bayview uh, and stuff like that and you just it was just a training night you just got in the car for half a dozen years or whatever you know you would end up in car schools and you would just make you would just do it um, but there are some that, that that puts off. There's obviously the money side of things as well. There's some, I think the the kind of um, the lowland league um, and a lot of the junior teams paying paying a lot more money as well. And, and some guys, you know, that's where maybe the motivation is. And, and you know, fair play to them if that's if that's what it is. Then you know, whatever drives you. Um, and if it, and if it's money, we might not you know we might not be able to to, to be the top payer. Uh, compared to, to to some of the other teams, so I think it's a combination of kind of factors. There was a number of players that we spoke to who maybe were in the League One or Championship level who didn't want to come to League Two. Um, so there are a number of players that you maybe speak to, and it's maybe just not the right time, or they'd already maybe agreed deals that type of thing. Because obviously when we came in, I think when we came in, that's already pretty late, you know, to, to look at a, you know a, certainly a January window, but even an end of season um, as well. So I think. Um, a lot of the work that, that myself, Stevie, Paul, Lindsay did last since we came in, um, and and in preparation for kind of January and that type of thing as well, will stand us in better stead um, for for you know this January and for the for the end of the season as well. We hope. Um, so we're putting in place a lot more stuff, and I'm doing there's things that you know now that I've got the job that we're we're looking at in terms of scouting and and you know and putting some uh, some things in place so that we don't have that. Um, it was a little different for us because we had to rebuild so there was a big turnover of players obviously at East Fife in the last and you don't want that 
you know, you don't want to be getting rid of 14, 15 players and bringing in 14, 15 players because you've got to make sure they gel in that. And we've been very lucky that the ones we've brought in have gelled in that because, as I say, the, the, the thing that kind of unites them is the fact that they're all a similar age, um, which is which is really good. But uh, the idea moving forward is that you're maybe there'll always be a natural turnover of a few. Um, and I think that that's what you're looking for when you try and get incrementally better um, rather than wholesale, you know, the wholesale changes. So uh, I always remember it used to be a bit like that when, you know, back in my playing days and things, I've had signed on for a couple of years at East Fife and you come in at pre-season and you walk in the dressing room, you don't recognise six of the guys that are sitting there, you know, and yeah. it, it was always, it, it was one of those. Uh, we don't want that. As I say, we want our players to, to progress and to move on to better things. Um, and, you know, and we want to have, as I say, increment, get the, incrementally better um, as, as we kind of move through each kind of tra- each window uh, and each season. Cool. Um, Grant Easton, um, as obviously the Elgin games highlighted where um, Ryan Schiavone at Absent Net were maybe limited up front and, and crying out for a, a sort of what I would call a big bastard of a striker. You know, like <laughs> if you think about the, the teams that you played in, like a, a Kenny Ducor or a Ross Graham, these sort of big sort of physical guys, because Shivoni and Shepard have been excellent, but you, you come up against some of these bruisers at centre half, it's maybe a bit more difficult. Um, you know, the, I, I was thinking recently about Botty Biabi, who I thought would have been that sort of ideal sort of player for us, um, sort of big physical presence up front. But I think he dropped down to Brecon. Um, Brecon, yeah. Yeah, is, is that the sort of player that you're looking to add? Um, I, I think I think what I would say is it's a good question from Grant, to be honest. I think it's horses for courses as well. And I think you have to look at it. Uh, you know, I, I like Shivoni is obviously, you know, decent size, runs channels very quick. Uh, you've got the, the guile and strength of Shepard holding things up, you know, again, working. You've then got the, the guile and the brain of Troughton kind of playing maybe just behind, playing just behind. You've got young Taylor Stephen, um, who, you know, quick, tidy left foot, likes to get at players. I don't think we, the supporters have probably seen a lot of him, yet we see him in training um, and, you know, very talented. And you've got Mikey Cunningham as well, who's probably not had a chance yet and probably, you know, is sitting there desperate for a chance um, as well. So I think, you know, I need to be. I need to give these guys uh, a, a chance as well. I understand what you're saying about you know a, a, a big you know physical striker that's maybe a bit different to what we have, um, and that you know is is something that we'll, we'll look at. There's not many of them going around, uh, is what. Yeah, I it say. feels like a dying um, breed. It's like it doesn't seem that a yeah. lot of teams have that anymore. Yeah, um, so you know, well, obviously, again, it's one of those ones that if there was something there that I felt that would add to us, and it and it was possible. We then I would then we'll obviously look at it, um, but in the, I'm really happy with what we've got in the short term. As I say, we're, we're, you know, with Mikey and Taylor, um, and add to Chev and Scotty and Trouts, we've got good attacking options there um, as well. And you know, Jack Healy can play up there. You know, Joe could probably play a bit further forward as well if we if we needed him to. Um, but it's something that I'm looking at. Cool. Um, John Scott Neal asked. Um, Obviously, we've got quite a lot of players that have made the jump from from under twenties. Is there any of the, the youth crop just now that you think that five fans should should be watching out for? I mean, Brogan Walls. I, I feel heart sorry for the boy because every game he's played this season, he's been incredible. And then obviously picked up yeah. a couple of sort of niggling injuries, but that shows that the pathway for these boys are there. Is is there anyone that, that the fans should watch out for? Yeah. 
just on Brogan, it's, it's, it's not a, n- a niggle moment. He broke a bone in his foot. So, um, you know, he, he's had his operation now. He's, he's got the moon boot off and, and, you know, Brogan will be starting on the rehab. And I know the type of kid he is. He, he, you know, he'll, he'll do that diligently and hopefully be back soon. And, and, you know, it just solves that problem. It's actually probably, if these things are going to happen, it's better to happen to you at that kind of age and get it, and, you know, and get that problem fixed. Um, so we're looking forward to him coming back. And, yeah, the current young crop, I think, you know, they, they're quite young, uh, the, the 20s. Um, so physically, it is, can sometimes maybe be a bit of a challenge for them, but there's certainly some talent coming through there. I mean, I think you've seen against Stennis, you know, that we had Brendan Ramsey on the bench. Yeah, you had Mackenzie um, Williamson on the bench as well, like Max. So he, 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 you know, physically he can handle it um, as well. You've got young Bodie Taylor who scored a hat trick the other night uh, for the for the 20s, who's been doing uh, doing really well. You know, Logan Briggs here. Uh, Keith Allen, there's a number of them that are that are doing really well at the moment in the 20s that I'm watching. We get them up to train with us, see how they do, you know, bring them in for a few weeks, take them out. We've got a, I've got a good relationship with, you know, with Tony and uh, with Brady and Dave Heddle and, and, and Kevin Co. So I, I think, yeah, we ju- I think there is going to be talented ones there and that's what we want, right? We want that kind of pathway that, you know, we bring our, our Bogan Walls into the team. If Bogan Walls or, or whoever it is, a Jack Healy can get a move you know, when we can get them to full-time football or something like that, like, you know, a bit like we did with Jude Smith, um, you know, and then there's somebody else coming through that we can then bring in. If we can get that that pipeline, um, then that's, that. I, I've been, always been a massive believer that's the right thing to do for kind of smaller clubs like ourselves. And then if you can augment that with your, you know, your experienced guys like your Troutons and your Flemings, then I think that that's instantian, you know, in, in good stead. And as I say, we're looking to improve our, our kind of scouting network um, because there's a lot of good players playing at kind of junior and lowland level and that type of thing as well. So we want to make sure that we're if there's local talent and that, that it's kind of doing well, that you know East Fife is a place where we're seen as a club where people can come and develop and kick on. And that's I think that's again a kind of uh, a, a kind of side of this challenge for us as well as dealing with obviously what we get every Saturday. Now. The next question came from someone who wants to remain anonymous for whatever reason, but they want to talk a bit about Lucas Williamson. Um, and obviously, yeah. he's coming at the team he was very impressive in pre-season. Yeah. He's our only naturally left-sided defender, but doesn't seem to be breaking into the team perhaps the way that, that fans expected that he would. Obviously, the, 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 if there's personal reasons or whatever, then that's fine. You can't go into that. But what, do you, what sort of future do you see for him in Spain? I, I do see a future for, for Lucas. He's t- he, you know he's tidy on the ball, um, and he's he's a bit unlucky because Mercer and Murdoch have been doing well in front of him. And I think if you look at their performances throughout the you know from the start of the season, they've been very consistent. Um, you know, in terms of Mercer predominantly playing on the on the on the left hand side, and he you know when uh, last week against Stenhouse Muir, uh, when Murdoch got injured, we were playing three at the back, and I felt like it was the right time to bring on Liam Parker, who's also left footed. Um, and Liam's played at left back for St Johnston uh, quite a lot. I know it, because he's six foot five, people think he's a centre half as well. But he has played there. He's also played wide left in a three five two. And I went with Liam, and I actually thought he did pretty well when he came on against Steny. And that was yeah. the decision, you know, for yesterday's game. And you know, I, I actually thought about bringing Lucas on at a, at a point in in the game. Um, and I did sit and swither on that one with Paul and Lindsay as well. But we just felt that Liam had done well against Steny on the Saturday and probably deserved. You know, to to take that slot, but Lucas is very much you know in my thoughts. He, he works hard at training, um, and as I say, he's just been a little bit unlucky. 
Um, and I think when he gets his chance, you know, he will get he will get chances. He, he absolutely will get chances. Um, and you know, it'll just be up to him to to kind of take it. I do like him. There's some things we need to work on in his game. I think um, his his use of the ball uh, is excellent. His defensive positioning is good. I want him to get forward more because he's got that in his locker. I want him to get forward more and put more crosses uh, and things. But you know, we'll keep working with him uh, in training, and I expect you'll see Lucas pretty soon. Thank you very much. That's all for the fan questions, Michael. Yeah, we won't keep you too much longer. Just a couple of final oh, things. Yeah. Um, so biscuits, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're twelve games into this season. So we're a third of the way through the the season. Hopefully, there's more games to come if we are in the playoffs, or maybe not if we we win the championship. But I won't put you in the spot there. So we're six points off the top right now, which is probably better. I think than many of the fans thought we would be at this stage. I thought we would be struggling this year. I thought we'd be down maybe bottom third of the, the table, I'll be honest, just with it being such a young team. From what you've seen through this first third of the season then, how have you seen it both in terms of East Fife, but also in terms of the division? Because initially it looked like Dumbarton were going to just run away with it, and now they've been paid back. And it very much feels like a division where every single team can be any other team. And there's not going to be a, a runaway leader. There's not going to be somebody cut adrift either. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's going to be tight this year, uh, Michael. I really do. Um, you know, I think I always feel like the first quarter is a little is a little misleading. Um, I, I think I said to you before when I was, I was on the podcast as well, you know, at East Fife, remember when we, we got promoted after Kenny scored that, the, the late goal, we got promoted. I think we were sitting second after the first quarter yeah. in what, what was then League One and we ended up getting relegated. Um, you know, and so I never put too much stock, probably because I'm scarred by that experience, um, I never put too much stock in the first quarter because you're still kind of finding teams out um, a little bit. Um you know, and I think well, I was obviously been speaking to other managers and other coaches in the in the division as well, and they, they kind of say the same every week that anybody can beat anybody in this division. It's just about getting to your day. So, I mean, at this moment in time, I know that you know you look at it and say, well, I, I'm talking to the players about how many points can we get in this quarter? Can we get more than we got in quarter one? And we're you know we're, we're, we're obviously three wins out of three so far in quarter two, so we're making good strides that way. But as I say, it can go. You know, it's really really tight. I don't put too much stock in the league table at this point. It's more just about, you know, as I say, that, that kind of challenging yourself to see if you can get more points in the, in the quarter. Don't worry too much about the table because if you if you can do that in terms of racking up the points per quarter, the table kind of takes care of itself. Um, so we we'll just keep kind of we'll keep kind of plugging away, um, and and you know I, I'm always one for for looking forward rather than looking at what's behind us as well. So if we can try and keep chasing down the guys that are in front of us, then that's the kind of mentality that we want. And it's uh, again just ties in with that. Let's try and get better. Let's always aim for what what you know the team that's just in front of us, and we just keep plugging away. Um, and and from a player's perspective, um, again, just looking at you know even Saturday there, what could we have done better on Saturday? Could we have defended a little bit better against Hester? Yes. Could we have gotten into the kind of wee pockets and gotten a half turn a little bit more and, and been a little bit more clinical and created maybe more chances? Yes. So okay, this week in training, can we can we get working on those and can we improve and then try hopefully try and then go and give a good account of ourselves against Stenhouse Muir. Uh, on Saturday, so I think it's. I get that you know people want to look and try and you know almost think. Well, you know where are we going to be? Uh, you know, without giving you the old football cliche about one week at a time, it's actually more just one training session at a time for us. Just just focusing on trying to get better 
Uh, and every Saturday, just to looking up and seeing what we can, you know, seeing what, what we can bring to the party and seeing if we can get three points. And we'll just keep doing that. But so far, so good uh, in quarter two, uh, and long may it continue. Mate, what, what do you see the future of, of the club being? Like short term, medium term, long term? You've talked about bringing on young guys, selling them on, which for any club like East Fife, that's got to be the, the way forward. But I mean, what do you see that the club's ambitions should be? Where should we be aiming as a as a club? Should we be looking to be like in our growth in, in the championship? Maybe not a great example this season with our growth, but just in, in general. I, I think that's the I think that's the kind of model. I think if you look at you know Montrose, Alloa a few years ago, um, our growth recently, they got there not by boom and bust. They got there by small incremental changes, like you know, kind of having some having a talented squad of players, a nucleus that they could hold on to, you know, add into that when it was right to add to that because when they inevitably lose players, whether that's through you know players moving on through positive circumstances or whether players just you know moving on through natural circumstances. And I think for us, it's just about those small incremental changes. Can we, you know, this year, you know, can we develop these young players? Can we kind of, uh, can we help them get better? And hopefully that means that we can be, we, you know, we can have a positive season. Um, you know, moving forward, obviously we want to get into League One and then can we, you know, and then can we take that next kind of step, which is the real hard one as well to get from, you know, promoted into League One to then take that step to, become a team that can get towards the championship or the you know the top of the league one that's that's obviously the next kind of part after that but in the short term it's about developing the young players and getting ourselves to the the right end of, of the league two table and um, we're kind of there and thereabouts just now so we'll keep it going um and and that i think is the kind of short short to, to, to medium term goal really is to try and get ourselves back into league one I, I think it gets harder as well like league one is getting stronger every single season because you've got the yeah. teams that's coming down from the championship and the ambitious clubs that are spending money to to go up and you look at the teams that's in league 1 just now and it's like crazy and you're yeah. you're trying I mean, to match that yeah three or four of them are full time yeah and that you know and that that is then a challenge you know if you're trying to get yourself into the top 4 <clears throat> it's it's really difficult um you know and it, i found that even when i was at sterling you know and we we went up and you know, one of the problems I had is that some of the directors were, you know, thinking, well, you know, we should be we should be challenging for promotion here. And, um, you know, we had the smallest budget in the league and quite a small squad. And, and you know, it was it was unrealistic because it is a, it is a very tough league. Um, and I think, you know, that, that was obviously a, a difficult time. But, uh, yeah, for us, I think, you know, we're obviously rebuilding some of these young lads have got a really good future um, in front of them, really bright future. And we hope that they can do a job for East Fife. And, look, look, and similarly, East Fife can do a job for these young guys. We've given them a platform to play. Uh, and hopefully that then is a kind of mutually beneficial relationship. Um, the board are fully kind of bought into what we're doing here um, as well in terms of developing those players, trying to get young local players through. And as you say, we augment it with some of the experienced ones. And hopefully then that can that can mean that we can be then thereabouts this year. We, when we spoke to Stevie uh, after a couple of the games earlier this season, he he made it clear where he felt he thought this group needs strengthened midfield in particular. It, it, it feels like it's crying out for a guy who can just put his foot in the ball, spray the ball about, calm things down. Maybe a bit of experienced centre back as well. As good as the centre back pairing have been, they've, there's been some wobbles recently, I think, and they maybe need a, an experienced head sort of down there. It. Have you got money available to you for the January window or would you need to move some players out to to make some additions now? 
I think, yeah, I think, listen, Jim, I know the chairman would give me his last fiver for his fife, uh, Michael, if you, you know, if you, in, in the board, I'm sure they, they, you know, they'll back us. Um, but I think you also have to look at the squad size as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I don't just want, you don't just want to be adding people, adding people end up with a squad where you've got maybe 26 players or like kind of something like that we had when we came in. Um, as well, so I think it's also you know you need to have a manageable size of squad um, as well. And as I say, there's boys there that haven't had a chance yet. Um, so I'm very I'm very mindful of that before I talk about adding too much. You know, in an ideal world, would we have a, an experienced centre half to you know to to work with uh, with Sam and Aaron and Liam Parker? Um, you know, Murdo can obviously do that, but that's I don't, that's not really where we want, uh, want Murdo to play. Um, so you know, Pat can obviously step in there as well if if required. So yeah, that would be some somewhere that I'd be looking at. Um, but again, again, it's just about getting the right types and making sure that that balance is right before we do anything. And that'll be that'll be the thing that drives me most um, before we before we add anybody in. But certainly looking, um, and you know, we'll see we'll see how we how we do in January. So I mean, that's that's pretty much it, I think from our end. But we'll, we'll get your final message to the fans. Anything you want to add in just now, though, Lee? Not for me. Maybe if I get my fitness, you know, still got it. Like still got it. Play left back for you. Says that, that you've still got COVID. I don't know, but you've still got it. <laughs> I'll get you in, mate. I'll get I'll get you in the bleep test, Lee. So <laughs> oh, please video that. that. Yeah. I'd probably have a heart attack after looking too. That could be our Christmas special. No, God, no. <laughs> no then we'll be looking be for a new co-host. Ukraine, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, just final thoughts then from, from you, Greg. Do you have a, a message to the fans? They, I mean, I, I, I've been guilty for this over the years, uh, Bayview. We, we can get on the fan, the manager and players' backs pretty, <laughs> pretty quickly at, at Bayview. So what's your message to them right now? I think just everybody to stick together. Uh, Michael, is that you know probably a bit of a cliche one there, but we're obviously it is a young team. They can see that, right? And there's some talent there. There's going to be frustrating days because you know they're not they're not going to be they're not going to be bang at it every weekend. As you say, League Two, you don't get everything your own way in League Two. Uh, either. In fact, in any week, you don't get it all your own way. So I think just a, a, a bit of patience in the fact that just get behind the young lads because we've got a chance here for them, you know, to to kind of. Hopefully, do something, do something special for their own careers, but also for East Fife as well. And I just think, yeah, if we can all stick together, I'm, I'm really keen and so the players that we give them something, you know, a, a team on the pitch. I've said it a number of times over the last few days to be proud of, you know. And these boys will, you know, one of the things that I, I was talking to, I can't remember, I was talking to the other day and said, you know, one of the things that I always liked about East Fife is that if you walk off the pitch at East Fife and you've given a hundred percent, you know, an East Fife fan will, will shake your hand and tell you, "Well played, son." Right, and and you know, and I've always thought that about the club, and I think with these lads, you will always get a hundred percent. They will run through a wall for you. You know, will the quality be there? Will they be bang at it every week? No, probably, probably not at their age. But you know, if if we can keep working hard, and they can and they can um, kind of um, realise that potential, then I think we could we could have a very good team on our hands. So just probably just a bit of patience, but everybody just to, yeah to stick together. Um, as they have been doing, there'll always be grumbles, and if it is, you know, direct to me, I've got you know big enough shoulders, like I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, get behind the boys, and we'll hopefully we can hopefully go on and have a really positive season. I think that's a, a great message, a very positive message to end. Thank you for joining us and being very okay. generous with your time, and wish you all the very best. I'm sure Lee does as well. 
Absolutely, and um, my my season ticket seat's not too far behind you, Greg. So <laughs> I know I hear, now. I can hear you, I can hear you. Did <laughs> you hear me Jim Weir yesterday? I got Jim Weir <laughs> an absolute peach yesterday after the um, they didn't get their penalty, and he was almost on the pitch. I was like, "Get back in your technical area, Weir!" He turned around and he was like, "Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm bad enough for getting out. I, yeah, staying in the technical area as well. I don't know why we do that. Like, you just end up, well, yeah, going for a wee wander. Yeah, I'm bad enough for that. So, but well, I, I'm sure you'll hear me. <laughs> really, guys, thanks for that. I'll speak yeah, to you. Yeah, thanks for that. I really yeah. appreciate it, Craig. Right, no worries. Like, all the best. Thank you so much to, to Greg there for giving up his time on Sunday night chatting to us and a, a lot of honesty shown there, Lee, and I hope the fans appreciate it. I'm very candid. He's not hiding anything and you've, you've just, you've got to wish him all, all the very best. Yeah, I mean, that goes without saying. Um, you know, Greg's a, a hero at his fife and there's, there's few people that, that deserve the title legend, but he's definitely in, in that mould and, and we've been... You know, we've got a good relationship with Greg, having had him on the show before, and obviously I've championed him for the job a couple of times. I'm delighted he's got his opportunity because I, I believe in him as a manager, I believe in him as a coach. And, you know, I, th- I think that, you know, three wins in four games is excellent. You know, Crawford um, achieved that and I think it was eight. So... I saw your stats. Yeah, that yeah. was quite eye-opening. Yeah, so... Same, same group of players. Same, same group of players, but not only that, like, but focusing on Abbott is against Elgin and Bonnyrigg. Bonnyrigg battered us at the first game. Elgin, obviously, we did beat them in that game, so we could take that result aside. But yesterday showed us, you know, a, a, a battle and a fight that we've got in us. I, like, uh, what, what are they wanting, though? It's like these are the uh, teams in our division. Yeah, no, but we got beat by Sterling. I'm like, yeah, we got beat by Sterling by one go, and then they went absolutely bum bummed. Um, Dumbat and the following week who were yeah. 10 points at one point I, so. they're probably the favourites for me I think right now to, to win it but yeah. I mean we're we're six points off as, as we covered there and yeah. you, you've got Sterling top on 26, Dumbarton second on 26, we're on 20 Stenny's in fourth on 18 we've got a four point gap over Elgin who are fifth yeah. so you can say yeah. oh you only beat Elgin we lose that game yesterday Elgin's in the playoff spots and we're we're out of it. Yeah, so I think, you know, I, I've said all along, I want I want fans to give Greg a bit of respect and, and remember what he's done for this club. Um, you know, people will disagree with me and that's football, you know, like I've, I've had a lot of people in my DMs this week, you know, and, and I'll happily talk about football with anyone. I'll, I'll never be a dick to somebody about their opinion, you know, like I think that I'd potentially upset one fan by asking if they were at a game, but the reason I was asking at it is because I wanted them to have seen the difference in the style of play. On, oh yeah, because it's very yeah, different just watching the highlights to different. seeing it in person. But I mean, I've, I've been to every game, you know, so I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that as an arrogant an arrogance thing or, you know, I come, like I'm lucky in the fact that I'm, I'm able to go to the games home and away, like I appreciate that, but the, the point I was trying to make was, it's very <coughs> sorry, listeners. I'm absolutely dying here. Um, it's it's very different, and the way that Greg's setting us up is different. Um, and I just think we'll look a better team under him. And, and the, the the proofs in the pudding of that, you know, three wins out of four in the league. You know, Greg, I think will get manager in a month this month. Um, if Darren Young mm. doesn't beat him to it, there's every chance he'll get that. So, you know, let's let's get behind him. Let's let's see what he's going to bring. 
Um, and you know, we really, really appreciate his his honesty. I don't appreciate him taking the piss out of me like he does every time he comes on the show or when I see him in person, but that seems to be an ongoing theme, I guess, that the Brown Kenny Jukers done it in the past, etc. as well. Well, you do uh, keep Kenny bringing up 2013-2014 season. Well, Although, to be fair, I did write that question for you. <laughs> yeah, well, you as, as per usual, Michael, you're an expert at giving me the shit question, so fair play to you for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, look... I think that we're very, very lucky. I'll quickly give my my three two ones for Steny for for last week. Um, I, I gave three points to to Liam Palmer, who I thought was really good. Uh, two points to to Reece Beveridge and a point to to Aaron Steele last week. And um, for the Elgin game yesterday, I gave three points to to young Alex Ferguson again, who I thought was really good. Um, I gave two points to. Um, Scott Shepard, um, who just he just runs his socks off. He, he didn't do an awful lot in terms of like end product or whatever, but he got himself in a lot of the right places and did well to win that penalty for us. Um, and I gave my, my last point to, to Jao Baldi, who must be the most bruised player in week two after the absolute beatdown he got yesterday. So... Um, I, I saw a few fans criticise how he played yesterday. I haven't, I haven't even had a chance to watch the highlights yet. I've just been so busy, and I, I was like, that's a bit surprising. Yeah. You know, football's subjective, Mike. You know, people are going to have different opinions, and you know, that's totally fine. I'll not agree with everything. You know, that Doug says in the show, or Gordon says in the show. I, I don't agree with everything that the boys in my group chat say, or, or people I sit next to. You know, that that's football, and. You know, pe- people, it's, that's it. what's great about our sport is two people watching the same game can draw different conclusions. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I thought Zhao, um, the, the sort of game that he's got is he likes to flick the ball over his uh, players' heads, use a bit of finesse to get past them and stuff, but he was coming up against the boy McCarty for them. That's an absolute machine. You know, the guy's like six foot five and 16 stone. Like, he's a brick shit house. But he did really well against them. And, you know, I've maybe given him a point for, for effort more than anything. But this is a, a young guy that we can get you off your your seat. You know, he's he's, he's, he's got flair. Um, he, he was unlucky. You know, he was in good positions for two chances yesterday. Um, There's a couple of times that I felt that Jack Healy was maybe a wee bit greedy um, when he's had the ball out in the wing. And if he just lifted his head, Joe was in acres of space down the right. Um, and I could see how frustrated Joe was at not getting those passes. So I love that about him. And, and considering he's coming in, out of all the low knees, he's at the biggest club in Hibs. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's come in with that grit and desire. And, and I love that about him. Yeah, that's what these guys need to do. They need to come in. They need to show they can do it at this level. And like we're not making excuses by saying it's a young team it's it's realistic it's a young team there's going to be some teams that bully us in some games Elgin tried yesterday proved to be the downfall in the end and then sat back a little bit but we'll, we'll see how the the next third of the season's gone we're a third of the way through we're sitting way better than I thought we would be for me if we have a top four finish I think that's been a highly successful season obviously you'd like more but it's like top four absolutely delighted by that even just missing the playoffs, I think, is going to be a, a, a good season. Every team's capable of beating everyone else just now. And like I said to Greg there, I don't think anyone's going to run away with it at the top. I don't think anyone's going to get cut adrift at the bottom either. Just yeah. en- enjoy the, the next few weeks of football. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I, I think fourth has got to be the aim. I said at the start of season six, but you know we've seen all the teams around us now and 
you know, it depends which way you want to look at it. You're either half full or half empty. Are the teams that are below us just more shite than we are, or are we just a little bit better? There's probably a a cocktail of, of both of those yeah, opinions. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah, that's it. You know, there, there's definitely elements of that. But if we could make some improvements in January, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident that, that we'll finish in, in the top four. Um, and if we don't, then, you know, you've got to give Greg the, the chance to, to recruit his own players and, and see what he can do. I'm, I'm a firm believer in giving managers time. You know, there's a lot of fans that wanted Crawford out at the end of the season after he didn't keep us up. You know, I wanted them to assemble his own team. He's assembled this team and we're sitting third in the league. Um, so let's let's see what happens. And a couple of interesting games coming up. Like the next four games, away to Steny. So I'll get a chance for revenge right away. And unlucky in the cup, I think we easily could have come away winners there. Home to Albion Rovers. You'd expect the points from that. And then November 19th, day after my birthday. Still in Albion, East Fife. It's yeah. like that could be a top of the table clash. It could be. Um, Dumbarton, obviously not in the, the greatest of form. Look, for me... Well, we've got them on Christmas Eve away. What a wonderful fucking trip that is on Christmas Eve. Um, if, if that stays at that time on Christmas Eve, I'll, I'll not be going. But um, It's ridiculous. Me, <laughs> Sterling are the best team in the league. Um, having seen them all, Sterling are, are the best team in the league. They've got some very, very good players. Like Dale Carrick is, is just a quality player and... Um, but I've seen Darren Young's sides do well at the first two thirds of a season and then drop off in the final <laughs> third. Very true, <laughs> but equally Darren Young knows what it takes to win this league, having done it before. Um, I think personally that Darren Young's probably the best manager in the league, and that's not a slight on Greg. I think he's just probably got a bit more, a bit more experience uh, winning this league. Um, but you know, I, th- I think Sterling will, will run away with it. They've got a massive budget. Sterling's yeah. budget is bigger in uh, League Two than ours was in League One. So that would give me an idea of, of where we're at. So, you know, I, th- I think that if we can finish top four and, and get to the playoff final, you know, we'll probably be coming up against Clyde, who we know are a gang. Um, you know, if, if we get that far, we've got to beat Dumbarton or Steny or whoever. Um, I think that this game coming against Steny will, will show us what this team's made of because yep. they, they they beat they, they they were by far the better team when they, they beat us in the midweek game after the Queen popped her clogs at Bayview. Um and we'll see how far we've come as a team from that. That's pretty fair. But I think that is it for this episode of Glory Days of Gold. You can give us a follow on Twitter at Glory Days of Gold. Get in touch, Glory Days of Gold at gmail.com. Any final thoughts from you, Lee, or anything that amused you this week? No, nothing, nothing like that. Um, I think from a selfish standpoint, if you know anybody that would be potentially interested in, in doing any sort of commercial partnership with Louise Fife, you'll, you'll see some of the work that, that Scott and I have done so far and, and brought in some some pretty good commercial partners. We've got some more to be announced. But any of these sort of things that you can do, you've no idea how much it helps the club. So anything you do, if you know, if, you've, if your work's looking for a Christmas party, let's get them into hospitality. Um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to announce in the next week or so um, of a new beer behind the bar, which will be a lot better than what's available there just now. So make sure you get behind uh, up to the bar after the game and get yourself a a quality crisp premium lager, which will hopefully be um, in store for the the Sterling game coming up. Um, But back the club in every way, shape or form, 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that the club can't be criticised, the board can't be criticised, we can't be criticised, you know, you know that's absolutely fine and I've no issues with that. But first and foremost, we're, we're always five fans and let's back the team. That's a fantastic way to end. Thank you for being with us for this episode. Thanks, Greg, for joining us. Have a happy and safe Halloween. We'll be back soon. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And as always, Mon the Fife. presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy and you had have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once more